When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lindsay, what do you got? All right, guys. So LAFC advanced to the Western Conference Final in the MLS Cup playoffs last night with a 3-2 victory over the Galaxy and the latest dramatic edition of the rivalry known as El Trafico. LAFC, which captured the league's supporters' shield as the top team during the regular season, will host the winner of Austin FC and FC Dallas on October 30th for the right to advance to MLS Cup on November 5th. It is also the second time LAFC has defeated the Galaxy in the playoffs. The last time was in 2019. So good luck to LAFC in the Western Conference Final next weekend. The LAFC headed to the Western Conference Finals right here at the bank on 710 ESPN. Can you do a Mario impression, AK? Oh, I can't do Mario. Mario's so (laughs) smooth. Mario's way too smooth for me. That's like our our Cap doing the impression. That's really, yeah, it's really Cap doing Mario. Maybe I could do the cadence, but I can't do an actual impression. Be like, LAFC at the guard or at the the bank. bank. Yeah, it's go. terrible. <laughs> I told Maybe you it was terrible. more breathy, more breathy. It's like LAFC. LAFC at the guy. Gu- it's terrible. Laura, yeah. okay. Laura. And you keep calling it the garden. <laughs> I know. I do keep yeah, I don't know keep why. Why it, am I, I calling this the garden? I think that's what's tripping me out. Yeah, I don't know. The, yeah. 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 the bank. It's the bank. The bank. Yeah. So that is what you need to know. Congratulations to them. And we will look forward to see who they will play uh, next Sunday. Uh, in the Western Conference Finals in the MLS. On I'll the be Chase at the Garden the waiting Cup. for him. Yeah, they'll be at the Garden. Yes, exactly. You'll be at the Garden. Everybody else will. will be at the bank. <laughs> yeah. So there you Maybe are. they can bring us a chip, you know, because the Dodgers. Yeah, the oh, look, hey, I, I take it. Okay. City I'll of Champions. It. Yeah, I'll you know? take it. Listen, are the Galaxy fans salty today? I wonder. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Salty Galaxy fans. People are saying I should be a Galaxy fan because I live in the South Bay and Carson's, you know, they're right, you know, Carson is right there. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, You're the Galaxy funny. never sent me any free stuff. So I was, I'm, listen, you win my heart by sending me gear. I got uh, jerseys. <laughs> I got kits. Sorry, they're called kits uh, that they sent me and all sorts of other goodies they sent recently when they came in studio. All jokes and, you know, partnerships, sponsorships aside, all that, the LAFC did an incredible job yes. ingratiating themselves oh into LA. Yes. Immediately. Yeah. Yes. And, they, they, uh, well, and that stadium helps too. Yeah, oh, that stadium helps too. But uh, Tom Penn is yeah. one of the guys that the president. Run, yeah, the president. And uh, years ago, did an interview with him about that, and he talked about how they were really self conscious of the idea that they did not want to be seen as interlopers, like particularly dropping into an area like that mm-hmm. that has often been exploited and gentrified and all that. Mm-hmm. So right. they went out of their way. To really like talk to the community, find out like what the community wanted, like really try to make themselves a part of that area. Like it was a really high priority for LAFC and they were doing it years before they actually opened up. 
Yeah, no, they did a lot of research. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, Tom, uh, you know, you and I know him from his basketball background. He was one of the uh, – he was in the front office for the Portland Trailblazers yeah. for many years. He's and then worked guy. on ESPN for many years after that. Really so, smart dude. Yeah, yeah, great guy too. So uh, we're very excited for them and happy for them. And uh, keep it going is what we say. At the now, garden, BK, baby. Not at the, <laughs> at the bank, Andy. At, at the, the bank. bank. Uh, BK, we have a question. Uh, somebody in the circle of trust. You just uh, called him BK again. I'm sorry, AK. Damn it. Um, well, this is the, you'll see why I called him BK this time. The gentleman who is in question here in our circle of trust, his name is Mike B. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Mike B wants to know, um, after he complimented you, and now he, he complimented you a second ago and then realized that you, have, you or your brother has blocked him on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm not aware of this. I, I'd have to look into Mike B. I, I, no disrespect to Mike B. I don't know who he is. Yeah. So I'm not sure why we blocked him. It might have been on accident. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'll do a little bit of back. Uh, Maybe like, uh, you deserved it, Mike B. I was going to say, I mean, look, because you know? I don't know Mike B, I have no idea. Mike B might be, you know, something of an asshat. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> like, and, you know? and, and it could have rubbed BK the wrong way. Right. You know, yeah, your that's brother, true. Your brother has that temper, man. Yeah. You know? I mean, so. it could very well be Brian, you know, being oversensitive, overreacting. Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's not easy to get along with. You're right. Yeah. I would know. Yeah. I know. You've shared... You know, but I'll look into this, Mike B. Yeah. All right. There you go. We're we're we'll we'll put it through the uh, we'll put it through processing. How about that, Mike B? Yeah. We'll review it. Review your case. <laughs> we'll take it to HR. Uh, so LeBron. Now LeBron, I I want to hear this first. The, uh, Brad Turner was doing the Lord's work yesterday because he asked LeBron this question too. So remember LeBron on Tuesday after the Warriors game made the comment about we don't have any lasers or whatever and, you know, when referring to the three-point shooting or lack thereof. So Brad Turner's like, hey, LeBron, you know, you mentioned the other day you don't have any lasers and, uh, you know, three-point shooting's still not that good. Like, how do you guys fix this? Like, what what are you going to do? So LeBron took an interesting approach to Brad's question or line of questioning. Go ahead, play that. Uh, LeBron about responding to the three-point shooting. No, I don't think that's uh, you know really my mindset. Um, obviously, I was asked a question on Tuesday. I answered it as straightforward as you can answer it. But as far as you know, I love the way we're playing basketball right now. Um, you know, we're really we're sharing the ball offensively. We're moving bodies. Um, and I think we will uh, begin to knock down shots um, as we continue to. You know, know where we want to be on the floor. Guys know where they want to be. Um, but our ball club is our ball club. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and harp on what we can't do every single game. That's it's not a leader. Okay. Now, let me say this. He's right about the last sentence. It is not being a leader. Like, sometimes you point stuff out. Other times, you know, you got to be encouraging. You got to it's – a, it's a tough balancing act. There's no doubt. But what I will say is this. LeBron. You know when you say what you say on Tuesday that that is not just going to go away into like, you know, evaporate into the atmosphere. (laughs) Like you say that, of course that stuff is going to stick for a minute. You know what I mean? Like you can't just expect that all of a sudden that nobody's going to remember what you said on Tuesday either though. Yeah, but here's the thing. When you're LeBron, it doesn't matter. Like it, it may, you know, it may stick in terms of the effect for other guys, and, you know, it's going to become a talking point and something that other guys on this team who also aren't shooting the ball well. And LeBron, actually, in, in Thursday's game, was as bad from outside as everybody else. But at the end of the day, I, I agree with him. I think he actually was answering it 
pretty matter of fact. Like, this is not a team that is built for shooting, but he went out of his way to say a lot of complimentary things that I think were actually accurate, like not just blowing sunshine. Like, I think it was actually accurate about the way they played Thursday against the Clippers. No, 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 agreed. But you can't just dismiss this like, I'm not going to harp on this stuff. Okay, I get it, but I mean, a follow-up question to that, considering you had another poor performance well, about so, shooting, you know, I mean, he, is not like something that is out of like out of line, look, I would say. He's just going to put this loaded grenade in everybody's lap, but he's not going to keep talking about the grenade, George. <laughs> right, that's my point. <laughs> the grenade. Like, come on. Yeah, the you gr- have to you have to know. And look, I don't know, man. Like I I he's been around 20 years. So at this stage I've heard I've seen this dance before where he says the thing that's on his mind and I again respect it. Give me all the honesty. So when you say, "Look, I answered a question honestly." Good. That's what we want. And maybe today you feel different. I understand that, but we can't just sit here and forget about what you said 2 days ago. Here's the thing though. I think in terms of LeBron messaging, whether you're talking about things that he says fairly directly, whether you're talking about the passive aggressive stuff, the fit in, fit out, like the quote that he will give oh, yeah, to a reporter about one thing that. that's really about something else. Yeah, I actually think, and I think this is what LeBron was trying to say, and I don't think he's wrong. On a scale of one to ten, this was about a three. Like I don't think this was particularly. No, no, I agree. Or- but it's just game one, and you don't normally hear that stuff on game one. I think if he says that in like a month into the season, it is a three. Because there's a large sample size. But when you say it after game one, the three goes to like a seven. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of feel like it's him saying, look, man, this is not a team that is built on shooting. Now, if he said, like, this is a team that is not built on shooting, and because of that, I don't know how the hell we're going to go about winning, that feels more like a seven. Like him just saying, we are not built on shooting. This is not a team with lasers. And I love that phrase, by the way. I've never heard that before. Like, you know, we're not a bunch of lasers. I don't think, honestly, I don't think it's it's messaging. Don't get me wrong. It is sure. messaging. But I don't think, again, in the grand scale of LeBron messaging, I actually think this is pretty tepid. I would agree. No, I, I, I'm i with you on that. I just think it's funny, like, all of a sudden, it's like, we're just supposed to forget about what he said. Well, I mean, like, look, part, you know. when you are somebody of LeBron's clout, one of the privileges is, you know, never really having to say you're sorry. No, I don't. I'm not wanted to say sorry. I, I actually, I, again, I appreciate the candidness, but, but, the, but that's where you can basically throw it out there. Like, oh, I mean, why, why are we harping on the big thing that I just said? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, right. you get to do that yeah. when you're at that level. It's one of the privileges. Why everybody should try to be at that level. Well, you, you get it, a lot of leeway. You lead me right into where I want to go next because I thought Brian Windhorst today made what I thought was the most pointed comment that anyone has made in the media about the Lakers, uh, not only just in two games into the season, but just the off season in general, or, or even like, like, I don't know, going back a year, basically. So Brian and them were talking about obviously the Lakers game on NBA today, today. And he just kind of in his very windy ways uh, brought up <laughs> like a, what, what, you know, just an observation. And, and I was just like, yeah, you know what, Wendy? You're right. Why the hell are the Lakers doing that this way? So I want you to hear what Brian said about the way the Lakers are handling their business right now. Well, what was just said about them waiting 20 games is a lot what the league does think that they should do. They think they might need to wait 40 games. They might have to even wait 50 games for the trade deadline. What the league and I feel the same way has some question about is 
in this interim, yeah. in these games now, why are the Lakers prioritizing making sure Russell Westbrook is comfortable when they should be prioritizing LeBron James is comfortable? They are mm. bending over backwards, and they did it again last night when they were playing the, the, the exact style of ball that LeBron wants, which is defense and grind it out. And then they bring Russ back in the fourth quarter because, they're again, they, they're trying not to alienate him. They, from the day that Darvin Ham took over, his number one priority has been what? Maximizing the team around the all-time generational players still providing huge numbers or dealing with the guy who's past his prime who's, who's too surly to understand the reality. Mm. And that is what is mystifying the league as they watch the Lakers start this season. Why are they not doing what's most important for their best player? I, I, listen, I, I want you to address that on the other side, okay? Because we have... Uh, some time here uh, in the network. We're, we're kind of up on a break, but I want to hear what you have to say about that because honestly, when Windhorse said that, I kind of like tilted my head. And I was like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Like, this is why Brian is so damn smart because he's 100% right in my estimation, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. We'll get to that coming up. Plus, Charles Barkley just went in on the Lakers front office yesterday. We'll let you hear that coming up. Stick around. We're back in a couple minutes here on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. <laughs> it's a great song. It is a great song. but they, only sing cr- that, they, they sing that every year when we go camping. You guys made fun of me for going to the Hoot Nanny. The Hoot Nanny. Like- the, the finale of the Hoot Nanny is the My Dingling song. Well, there you go. Everyone sings along to it. And Chewie apparently likes it, too. Oh, yeah, he loves that song. It's his favorite. Do you think Morales has, like, a My Dingling anniversary alert, like, oh, set up in his searches? Yeah, no like, question. Because only Morales would land on that. Pops I on made, his phone. I, yeah. I, I made him put it in the, uh, in the rejoins because he was like, what is this song? <laughs> <laughs> but it's totally up his alley. I'm oh, it really sure is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, speaking of um, kind of cool anniversaries today, uh, you know, it's not it's not the dingling, but I actually think it's more important here in this community. <laughs> Although as much as we love a dingling on a Friday song uh, or a dingling song on a Friday, rather <laughs> um, today, big rivalry game in East L.A. You got Roosevelt Garfield. It's uh, at the Coliseum. I believe uh, the Black Eyed Peas Ooh. are going to be performing at halftime. Uh, this thing is a look. This is one of these things that you know in its heyday was getting like forty thousand people to watch this game. I don't know if that's going to be the case uh, at the moment, but it's uh, it there's it certainly still rings true as a big big rivalry game 
in the high school ranks. All the alumni go. There's like after parties for the alumni and different restaurants and stuff. And, you know, these schools are basically a couple blocks apart from each other. It is kind of a really cool deal. Um, and it's something that's really kind of woven into the fabric of the community, uh, particularly in, in on the east side of town. So cool deal tonight. It'll be something, uh, you know, if you're just a, a sports fan or you love L.A., you should keep an eye on it. I'm, I'm guessing the local news, obviously, will be all over it today um, in regards to their news coverage later in the evening. But cool stuff, certainly, to keep an eye on. And we'll, maybe we'll chat about it a little more later tonight. Garfield, that's the stand in, uh, stand in the liver. Uh, school, correct? From the I movie? believe so, yes. The movie with Edward James almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, be- I believe that is Garfield, uh, which is a really interesting story in and of itself. Like, if, if people aren't familiar with it, uh, the-, the Edward James almost movie, or just learn the backstory on Garfield and the way they look to improve the education there yeah. um, in East L.A. Yep, yep, it is Garfield, yep. Uh, so definitely cool stuff, but those two... Schools get together. There's a lot of people that are interested in that, so I wanted to make sure to, to shout them out tonight since the, uh, the matchup will be going on. But in the interim, uh, all right, so we played this sound from Brian Windhorst today from NBA Today about the Lakers and basically just kind of like, why are you catering to Russ so much? And, again, if you didn't hear it, we'll just play it real quick. Laura, if you've got it again, can you play it? Because I want to hear what Andy's thoughts are. Because, I, look, I wholeheartedly agree with Wendy, but – if you didn't hear it a second ago, here it is. Well, what was just said about them waiting 20 games is a lot what the league does think that they should do. They think they might need to wait 40 games. They might have to even wait 50 games for the trade deadline. What the league, and I feel the same way, has some question about is in this interim, yeah. in these games now, why are the Lakers prioritizing making sure Russell Westbrook is comfortable when they should be prioritizing LeBron James is comfortable? They are mm. bending over backwards, and they did it again last night when they were playing the, the, the exact style of ball that LeBron wants, which is defense and grind it out, and then they bring Russ back in the fourth quarter because, they're again, they, they're trying not to alienate him. They, from the day that Darvin Ham took over, his number one priority has been what? Maximizing the team around the all-time generational players, still providing huge numbers, or dealing with the guy who's past his prime, who's, who's too surly to understand the reality. Mm. And that is what is mystifying the league as they watch the Lakers start this season. Why are they not doing what's most important for their best player? It's a great question. Why aren't they doing that, Andy? Okay, look, like you, I like and respect Wendy a lot. But let me get this straight. Winhorst is complaining that the Lakers were emphasizing defense in the fourth quarter and were playing Russell Westbrook to try to cater to him. Russell Westbrook actually was playing really good defense in the fourth quarter. He had some key stops and key moments matched up against Kawhi Leonard, getting him out of his comfort zone. Like, if that's what Winhorse is talking about, I don't understand what the complaint is. Well, I, I right, but then they benched him at the end of the game. Well, but, but the point is, though, he was part of that fourth quarter. He played – he was not the problem, other than the shooting, which, get in line, he wasn't the problem, certainly not defensively. No, I, I understand, but do you, do you believe – I, I don't think he's necessarily focusing on the one individual game. And maybe he used that to kind of emphasize his his point. But Russell Westbrook is not a good defender. Fair? He has not been, but he was. I thought he did a good job in this yeah, game. Okay, fine. He did a good job on two possessions against Kawhi. No, no. I, it was multiple and, and, possessions. And by the way. It was multiple possessions. I, I would say this. I, I would disagree. I, I will say this. Because I watched that, okay? And I saw, so I was sitting right there, right by their right, – right across from their bench. So I saw the communication they had – um, when the timeouts, the next timeout came. And 
basically what Paul George was saying was, yo, like, what Kawhi was, was complaining about was like, yo, just throw it up. I have the advantage on him. And Paul George like, yo, you got to give me a bigger strike zone for me to throw it to you. You can't just like say throw it up because I'm trying to throw it to your hand. And it, so both of them had a point. I felt like it was really not that Russ didn't do a uh, didn't do a pretty good job there. I feel like it was less. It was more about the lack of communication between Paul George and Kawhi than anything Russ well, but, was but doing. But the point being, though, he was effective while he was out there. He wasn't hurting anything defensively. Like I just think that's a strange way to frame it. Like where no, I thought, I, I, where, I disagree. Where, I don't think I do. I don't think he was a plus defender yesterday. But he was not. He was no more a minus if you want to frame it like that than anybody else. Where I thought Windhorse was going with this, honestly, was the idea of starting Westbrook as opposed to playing him off the bench. That's where I thought Windhorst was was taking that thought. I just don't think the fourth quarter thing, especially if you're looking at defensive focus and intensity. Russ was not a problem there. Like, uh, here's the thing with Russ right but now. But he's a problem there most nights. But but uh, not and, then, and, though. But he wasn't oh, then. Okay, but, 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 okay, forget that for one second. Let, let's zoom out, okay? What he's saying is that the Lakers have catered to Russ over LeBron in his time here. He did say that. Russ is t- on this team because they catered to LeBron. Like, stop. Well, no, no. Let, let's not get that twisted. No, okay? he's, he's, LeBron is not the only person who wanted Correct. him there. But LeBron is someone that wanted him there. Like Correct. LeBron is a driving force, maybe not the only one, but a right. driving force. But so they what, did cater to him. But they also haven't catered to him in other instances either. Like it's what? Not like they catered to LeBron. Like what? Not not tr- not making a terrible trade at the deadline last year. There was no good trade for them. Not getting Kyrie when they could have gotten him in July because they didn't want to trade both picks when the Nets were in complete disarray. And then they were to come never back. going to move Kyrie That's until not, they had Durant. I'm telling settled. you. I am telling you. I listen. I am telling you. I, and I've said it on this show before, had they in July, not August, when it was reported later that the Lakers came back and the Nets were not, not quote-unquote, negotiating in good faith because by then Joe Sy had already flown to Europe. In July, Andy, I don't. I, I don't agree. I've ta- I've, I'm for what it's worth, you, I've talked to people and they've said I, they wouldn't I am either. telling you that I know this on pretty damn good okay. authority. All right. That if they would have included both picks with THT and Russ, that they would have had Kyrie and Joe Harris. Okay. I've been told otherwise, and based on the way they behaved, and if you're looking, if Durant is your number one priority, you're not going to make a deal that is going to make the Nets worse. And really, that deal because would have I ma- could, I can make the case that Durant at that time probably wasn't really all that keen on having Kyrie around. Anymore. Yeah, because he would have been dying to have Westbrook. That's the guy no, who no, wants no. Westbrook and they Taylor Horton Tucker. Was, no, but the deal Westbrook wasn't even going to be there. But, uh, so, so you're going to end up with an empty roster spot that doesn't make they the Nets were gonna, better. They were going to implode the whole thing. They were never going to do that until they Dude, knew. Kevin Durant literally went to. I, I'm not going to tell you the player he went. Kevin Durant was ready to make a ruckus of everything because he wanted out, and then realized he had he he couldn't do it because he didn't have the leverage. So the, so that means it wouldn't have happened. You're making my point for but me. At, it wouldn't have happened th- at that time. The Nets were they were freaking out, and they were just like, oh well, maybe we we just maybe we're stuck here. And then Josiah basically sought counsel. And thought to himself, no, you know what? We're going to stand up to these guys. This is what but we're going to th- do. But in July, the deal was there to be had. I don't. I just don't agree. I don't okay. think until it's until, not about agreement. It's I'm telling you that is the but case. I'm telling you what I've been told is not the case. Like, okay. I, mean, so I can't tell you who I turned oh, from, but fine. I'm telling you this person okay. would know. Okay. I just it to me it defies 
unless they were going to really look to tear it down, which in case, which in that case, I don't know how they had such a dramatic turnaround that relatively quickly to go from we are going to tear down this entire team that we moved heaven and earth to create to we're not moving any of these guys. That's a really dramatic turnaround to encounter over just like a couple weeks. Okay. That's pretty well, dramatic. Uh, dramatic, but actually what happened? Okay. Okay. I mean, I I find that difficult to believe. I think but, it might but, it might be but, how so, they felt but, in the moment, but I don't think they would have actually gone through with it. Okay. That's what well, I'm may, saying. I, I think they were ready to go through with it because they realized they they thought at that time that this thing is over. Well, I mean, but they decided that it was not only over or not only not over, but worth keeping intact pretty quickly. Um, well, you also are talking about some of the individuals uh, in play here, uh, and I, I'm not trying to besmirch anyone um, when it comes to these players, that let's just say don't always have the strongest resolve, right? Sure. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, Kevin Durant is not somebody who is going to go nuclear. Like, that's just not his nature. Like, that, that I assume you're talking about him, and that's not the mm-hmm. way he operates. Correct. Um, but I, I don't think – I feel like they have gone out of their way to make Russ comfortable. And you know what? It's not going to happen. He's not going to be comfortable in this scenario because he is an awful fit on this yes, team. Yes, he is. He is it's a- not. And by the way, do I think Russell Westbrook could be on another team and play more like Russell Westbrook and, and look more like the Russell Westbrook we've seen in the past? Yes, I do think so. I don't think that can happen on this team. I don't know, actually, to be honest, where Russell uh, Russell Westbrook really fits in the league. Like, I actually think if this does not work out this season, there is a very big non-zero percent chance Russell Westbrook's out of the league because where what team does he actually fit on? I think is a really difficult question to answer. Um, I like where he actually makes sense if you're really going to let Russ play within his comfort zone. I'm not sure there is really a fit in the league. But in all honesty, I don't think they're trying to make Russ comfortable to cater to him. I think they're trying to make him comfortable because they know until they find a deal that they deem worthy this season, they have to make the best of this. Like he is still in the upper half of talent on this team. Like that that's not even is, debatable. I mean, well, yeah, because of the, that's how bad the rest of the roster well, sure, is. Sure, right but now. but right. It's not that's not praise of Russell Westbrook. It's a an evaluation of the situation. So until they can actually land on a deal that they think is worth it for this roster that can, I guess, take them to the baseline of contention that they deem worthy oh, to pull I, I the trigger. I don't think there's a deal that can do that. Well, that's part of the problem, actually, in all honesty. That's a not, big not, problem. Not one that would be available that I foresee. Well, I agree. That Because, that, because here's the thing. Like, let's just do the Indiana thing for a second. If I tell you they can get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, where does that put them? I think it actually puts them somewhere around a solid six, five, maybe a four, but in a position to possibly capitalize if other teams have some bad breaks, which Look, I think is I, about as good as you can get this season. I, I think right right off the top of my head, okay, you got Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. You've got um, the Grizzlies, I would say, are better than them still. Yep. The Clippers are better than them. Yeah. Um, after that, I would say I actually think New Orleans is going to be better than them. New Orleans is, looks really good. They look really. I think New good. Orleans could be better than them. I think Phoenix is better than them. Well, so I don't know, five. man. Phoenix, Phoenix looks like a team with some bad vibes that could get in the way. 
Perhaps, but right now they look better than them. And you know um, the Clippers. And, and I even think Minnesota can be, is going to be probably. I think Minnesota is going to be good. And I haven't even talked about Denver yet. Look, the, you got to put your. Here's the thing, though. You have to put. You either have to put yourself in a realistic place of contention this season, or a realistic place of competition, like competitiveness, or you just have to say to yourselves, "This is not the season to make our move because we only have one shot at this. We kind of have to punt this season." And next offseason, when Russ is off the books, we have 30-ish million in cap space. We have those two picks. That gives us the best, relatively speaking, opportunity so to just, try to be as good but, as possible. But, but in essence, then you are punting on yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. This, this, was, this was always the biggest risk with the Russ deal. It wasn't even the fit. It wasn't even Russ's attitude. It was, if this goes sideways, fixing it is going to be damn near impossible. That was always the biggest risk. This was a right because you can't commitment. even get into like the Scoot and Wembyana no. sweepstakes because the Pelicans can get your pick on a pick swap. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest risk. If this doesn't work, you are stuck, and that's where they are right now. We've painted a rosy picture today. <laughs> <laughs> they did play better Happy though. Friday, everybody. They played we're better probably in game driving. Two. We're, we're driving you to drink a little early today. Well, um, just make sure you're off the road. That's all we ask. Exactly. Use an Uber. Uh, All right. Radio Tinder is next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Thanks, Christopher. <laughs> Super excited to be doing Radio Tinder. Keep yeah, Hungarian heat day or whatever it is he said. I got a, yeah. I'm like an eighth Hungarian, so that's exciting. Oh, cool. oh look at that. Yeah. You and Linz. Apropos that I'm here. There you go. You there can you be go. like mini Hungarian heat. I got to get me some of that mandala, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah. Do. I mean, look, if we had more of Cappy, you know, more that was uh, destined for Cappy, we'd just give it to you. Yeah, he's happy to give away Cappy's tequila and dollar. Well, I'm happy to take it, so yeah. don't be shy. Next time you're in. I mean, we'll, Ramona we'll got uh, got a nice bottle of it, actually. It was funny. Ooh. She got a little yeah, reposado. She, she was in the right place at the right time. No, I've sure. heard it's quite good. Yeah. Play we'll work on right. it, AK. How yeah. about that? We'll work on it. Yeah. Thank you. I got people. I, I know. I know you are deeply uh, connected. You've got sourcing with the mandala. I do have sourcing with tequila <laughs> mandala in the tequila community. All right, Linz, go ahead. What do you got? All right, so the Astros beat the Yankees 3-2 to two at home last night and now lead the yeah. ALCS two games to none. And Yankees manager Aaron Boot is blaming the team's loss on the roof. Yes, on the roof. In the postgame, Boone asserted that Judge's eighth inning flyout might have been a two-run homer if not for the open roof at Minute Maid Park. He said, quote, I think the roof being open kind of killed us. I think it's a 390-foot ball. This, of course, was all over social last night, and even Mike Francesa was one of the many who chimed in, tweeting, quote, Yanks sound like losers after the game. Shut up about exit velocity. Try hitting the ball. Do you agree with Mike Francesa? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? I do. Uh, and I say that as someone who really loves Aaron Boone. I got to work with him uh, when I worked in Bristol. And he's a really ni- nice man. And he's a good baseball guy. Um, I-, I just, you know, look, every once in a while, when you talk a lo- that much for a living, I mean, we do it. We, you, we certainly say stupid stuff. Um, you know, and you're that available. Like, you're going to say stuff that you probably like, uh, 
probably shouldn't have said that. Or because people can see it in a quote and maybe not hear the context of what you were saying. Um, I think that sort of that stuff can get taken out of uh, sorts and context as well. So I, I, you know, but I, I don't love to agree with Mike Francesa very often. But <laughs> I, I do feel like I, if 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 he could have it back, I feel like maybe Booney would have it back. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like sour grapes. It also, it's probably not what your team needs to hear Correct. right now. Like when they really have to find it in them to make some type of big comeback. Like that's that's just you don't need to hear as a player that your manager is a baby. Like it just doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, I love. And that by the way, we'll have more more baseball talk with uh, Blake Harris, our our Dodger insider. We'll do a little baseball talk with him in the next segment. So he's going to stop by. Normally Thursdays, but because we had Lakers yesterday, uh, he's been kind enough to join us uh, today. So there you go. And real quick, one more thing about the the would be home run according to Aaron Boone per Statcast that Judge flyout would have been a home run in just one ballpark, of course, Yankee Stadium. So interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last night, Taylor Swift dropped her much-anticipated new album, Midnight's. And today, Spotify revealed that Midnight's had become the most streamed project in a single day in the Spotify history. It's so popular that Twitter users even reported that Spotify briefly crashed last night as fans were flocking to the app just to listen to Taylor Swift's new album. So are you two, George Sedano and Andy Kamenetsky, going to listen to any of Taylor Swift's new album, Swipe Left or Swipe Right, Andy? Which is no. Swiping right? Left. Left. Uh, swipe left. Uh, happy for Tay-Tay. Uh, the Swifties, I'm sure, are very proud of her. That's terrific. It is legit impressive, but no, I'm not likely to be listening to the album. Um, Am I going to seek it out? No, I will swipe left. You know, if I happen to hear it, you know, on like the radio or something, then, uh, you know. You want to hear one song? Like my one my song? wife is a Taylor Swift fan. I'm going to end up hearing oh, this stuff. I just she's don't a need, Swifty? She, I don't know if she's a full-on Swifty. Like, I mean, if you're a fan, you're a Swifty. Well, I guess she's a Swifty. I mean, if that's all it takes is just to be a fan, then she's a Swifty. Yeah. Um, she's, not, she's not like Emily, though, the producer for Travis and Slee, uh, who's like essentially in a Taylor Swift cult. Like she, she's that into it. Um, I did not know this about it. Oh, she is big, big, big time. Yeah. Now, who who would you rather um, not be in harm's way for? Is it the Swifties? Is it the 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 Bayhive? Or is it uh, the uh, the Riri Navy? Uh, the Bayhive. I, yeah. I think the hive is... I, is a real thing. Okay, They're mean. Years ago, I posed this um, as a poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather not be on the bad side of? Who scares you more to be on their bad side? The beehive? The bayhive? Yeah. Or I Kobe's... the beehive, actually. The beehive or Kobe's Yeah, stands. I got... Somebody said something about it being the beehive over the bayhive. Okay, anyway, the beehive. The yeah. Beehive or the Kobe stands? Ooh, Kobe stands on Twitter were pretty – man, there was a – I mean, there was a time that if you even said anything remotely negative about Kobe, and even if it was, like, fair, um, it was going to be okay. a problem for you. The, the point where I realized – because, you know, I've co- I covered the last 10 years of Kobe's career. Correct. And the point where I realized it just doesn't matter what you say, so don't worry about the reaction – Yeah. A piece I wrote for the LA Times Lakers blog when that was our gig back in the day, I the comment section was just filled with, oh my God, it's so obvious how much you hate Kobe. Like your coverage is so personal. You just stop, man. You hate the guy. This was a piece I wrote about why he should be MVP. The, 
I'm not joking. That's that so was funny. the reaction in a piece I wrote about why Kobe should be MVP. People were crushing me about how much I hate Kobe. So I just realized, you know, it just doesn't matter. Right. No, it doesn't matter. That's for sure. I, people are going to just assume whatever they assume, especially in the Internet age. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. So what's next, Linz? All right. So last night, the Panthers traded running back Christian McCaffrey to oh, yeah. the San Francisco 49ers who beat out the Rams, apparently, and other teams for the versatile star. The 49ers reportedly sent their 2023 second, third, and fourth round picks and a 2024 fifth round pick to the Panthers for McCaffrey. And McCaffrey, of course, he's going to make it even tougher on the Rams in the NFC West, and the Rams have not defeated the 49ers in a regular season game since 2018, which is seven straight losses. So do you guys think that the Rams are going to regret not landing cmc over the 49ers swipe left or swipe right george um are they gonna regret it um short term maybe i would say yes i guess but long term no i just don't think his body can hold up um so I, i now the niners don't need him because they've got wilson and they've got a couple of other guys in in the backfield that they can utilize so he's just part of a group there with the Rams he'd probably get the bulk of the carries is my guess especially now this whole Cam Akers situation so yeah I I I don't think long term they'll regret it if 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 that's your question so I will swipe um left on that here's where I will swipe right if they 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 must have felt that he could stay healthy enough because they were apparently pretty deep into conversations like they were interested in McCaffrey if they manage to get McCaffrey, to me, that gives them the ingredient that is the closest to replicating Todd Gurley when Gurley was a part of this offense. And to me, that period with Gurley was when this offense was most dangerous. Even taking into account the year they won the Super Bowl, like I think they looked the most absolutely dangerous when Todd Gurley was like a one-in-one, one-of-one one running back. And I think McCaffrey would replicate a lot of what they were looking for with Gurley. So if you were looking to kind of recapture all of that offensive magic and creativity of McVay's offense at its peak, I think maybe that's where they would miss it the most, regret it the most. And look, because their offensive line is so terrible, he's basically a safety valve. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, a safety valve for uh, Stafford if his elbow is a thing, which I think it might be. Right. Well, I mean mostly for him because they're not going to run the ball that much with him. They, he'd be utilizing the passing yeah. game. Yeah, my, my absolutely. Much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Linz, do you have one more or are we done? Uh, that's all I've got for Radio Tinder for uh, today. There you go. All right, so we'll talk some baseball with Blake Harris, our Dodger insider. I want to actually ask him some Dodger stuff, um, you know, now that we've got the postmortem situation with them. So we'll get to some of that. Maybe we'll talk to him a little bit about the playoffs, but mostly about the Dodgers. We'll do that coming coming up in just a second. You know, Huey, he was he was pretty huge at that time, man. Like when you, I mean, this movie, him, all the music, like it was the videos. Like, yeah, the videos were fantastic. Uh, you know, and maybe their videos are now are great too, but I guess they're all on YouTube and they're not like on linear television anymore for the most part. And I, I guess because of that, like, they're not in my purview as much anymore. But I really feel like, especially that, like, in the 80s, because, you know, music videos were, like, a phenomenon, a new phenomenon at that time. I feel like everyone was trying to outdo each other in, like, the creativity aspect. Of it. A lot of the videos were fantastic. They're, they were really, really entertaining. What's funny now is I cannot hear Huey Lewis in the news 
without thinking about American Psycho. Like American oh, Psycho now, is, it is all I associate that band with now is Christian Bale yeah. killing Jared Leto. And while explaining <laughs> while explaining the essence of Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, that's true. That's all I think about now. What an excellent movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but it I is one it. of those movies that um it when, if you haven't seen it, you know, maybe if you're young um and haven't that hasn't crossed your uh uh, your your movie uh, selections, like definitely watch that. That movie's fantastic. Speaking of Back to the Future, have you seen that clip from I I don't know if it was like a Comic Con or like one of those type of festivals where Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox were reunited? And you know Michael J. Fox unfortunately is yeah dealing right. with I believe it's Parkinson's Parkinson's correct? yeah and the two of them reunite this hug. I mean it's if this does not affect you, you are just dead inside. It's really really moving. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I, I will definitely seek it it's out. It's not that's, hard to find. It, it's sure. amazing. Like, it yeah. really is amazing. Uh, you know who also is amazing? Um, not to oversell him, but our, our our buddy here, Blake Harris. Are you familiar with Blake's work? Not only am I familiar with his work, I have actually retweeted him a couple times, and I gave a shout-out to you and Cappy for making him a regular of this show because I, I enjoy his work. Yeah, he's good stuff. Uh, Blake? Again, follow him on Twitter at Blake Harris TBLA. Subscribe to his Substack. Uh, don't be a cheapo. Support journalism. Kids doing good work with the Dodgers, and of course, the podcast is Inside the Ravine. Uh, hey, pal. So, did have you ever seen American Psycho? Is that? I mean, you're fairly young, but I would imagine, like, you know, I feel like you're a little bit of an old soul. Yeah, the good thing is I'm not that young. I have seen it, but I, I did watch it for the first time. I want to say earlier this year, and I was a bit confused by it, but my girlfriend loves that movie, so uh, it's on often. So I've watched it a few more times this past year, yeah, but up until last year, I had uh, never seen the movie before. Wow. What'd you think? Other than the Not confusing my cup of part. Tea. What were you confused Not by? My cu- I just, see, I was going into it thinking it was just going to be an absolute slasher from beginning to end, but I guess, you know, the whole thing with... Uh, the storyline near the end, I had no idea what in the hell was happening with the entire process. Uh, I was lost. But then again, I also don't think The Godfather is a good movie. And oh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Damn it, kid. You know, you were doing so well. We loved you so much. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I thought I'd get that kind of reaction. I, I'm very interesting when it comes to my movie takes. Like, I have yeah. some I have some controversial takes. Yeah, right. But by the way, Lindsay, I believe, is on your side on this one. She has, uh, I, I think she's tried to watch The Godfather and just fell asleep. Is that correct? Yeah, I've never seen it. I have never seen it past the first, like, 10 minutes because it's just, to me, it was just, like, boring. Like, where, where is this going? It was just too boring, so I turned it off. Well, it goes further than 10 minutes, Lindsay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'm saying, I've, I've never seen the whole thing because I've tried and it just wasn't interesting. So I'm with Blake, but... American Psycho is like probably a top 10 favorite of mine. Yeah. yeah. It's so right. great. You know what, Blake? Not all of us are perfect. You know, we thought you were perfect, but clearly you're one of us. So it's okay. Um, all right. It's so all good. <laughs> what, what, like, where do you go from here if you're the Dodgers, man? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough question, George. You, you don't know where to go because for the last 10 years, this has been one of the best teams in all of baseball. And it's been one of the more dominant stretches we've seen in the history of the sport. And they only have one championship to show for it. Now that 2020, you know, championship is starting to look a little kind of fishy now that the Dodgers apparently can't win in a regular season. So I don't know where you go. Obviously, they kept Dave Roberts. They're keeping him for 2023. They're saying the coaching staff's going to be back. But 
at some point, you need to just figure, we got to change something up. So now that they're not changing the coaching staff, maybe they opt to just instead go much younger with the team. Maybe they opt to give more of their top prospects more runway next season, see what the young guys have to offer. But I don't know, because we talked about this literally every week the entire season. This team was built to win the World Series. They were the betting favorite. Everyone thought they were the favorite. And the fact that not only do you come up short, you don't even make it out of the NLDS. So uh, there's a massive problem there. I don't know exactly what it is or what needs to be fixed, but I think it's going to be quite the offseason for the Dodgers and maybe their most hectic offseason during this uh, decade run of dominance. Before we get into some of, uh, I guess, the hectic results that you're talking about with the offseason, there's so much focus and, and heat on Dave Roberts and the way that he uses you know, starting pitching, relief pitchers, when he implements them, when he'll take starters out. How much of that do you think is Dave Roberts's feel or lack thereof versus this is the script and this is a script that's come up collectively and for the most part you are not allowed to deviate from it? Yeah, that's a great question, and I wish it's one that we really knew the answer to because Andrew Friedman in his press conference this week said that Dave Roberts has all you know the runway for every move that happens. There's no pregame script, but you know I just don't know. I wrote an article on this earlier in the week saying, screw the analytics, screw the computers, just watch the game and have a feel because Tyler Anderson, he should have been out there for the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Instead, because the computers said you're not supposed to face the order for the third time, he was taken out of the game. Uh, for the bullpen matchups, you know, later on, the analytics say this is the better matchup, but Yancy Almonte, the guy that George and I have backed the entire season, he recorded two insanely huge outs, but instead he gets pulled because the computer says so. So I don't know how big, you know, of a, of a, of a result um, the analytics are because Dave Roberts numerous times over the last five, six years has made a number of baffling pitching moves because the computer said to do it, but the eye test, the eye test said, you know, what the hell are you doing here? Um, which you had mentioned, like which direction you think they could go, like the young guys, maybe they, you know, they, they, they re-sign some of their veterans. Like if, 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 if you were running the show, if you were Andrew Friedman, I'm going to make you Andrew Friedman for a day. Which direction would you go? George, are you ready for uh, some spicy takes? Oh, let's go. Yeah, I mean, night? listen, you already told us you hate American Psycho, so right, go ahead. But he didn't like The Godfather. Uh, well, no, I, 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 don't, I don't hate American Psycho. I just don't believe the hype. I don't believe the okay. hype. But I will say the uh, business card scene is definitely one of the better scenes I've so seen. Great. I love the business card scene. Um, all right, so if I'm Andrew Freeman, this is what I'm doing, guys. I'm uh, thanking Trey Turner for all he's done, and I'm letting him walk. Ooh. I'm moving – I'm moving uh, Gavin Lux. I'm keeping him at second base. Moving Max Muncy to third base. Guys, I'm going to go with a spicy take number one, and that's going to be uh, signing Aaron Judge. I'm signing Aaron Judge because I think the Dodgers desperately are going to need a new outfielder because Cody Bellinger might be gone. And outside of Mookie Betts, they're going to need one. So if it costs $300 million, the Dodgers need another power hitter in that lineup, and I think they got to do it. Guys, spicy take number two. I don't want to be uh, thrown off air for this, but I think the Dodgers should make a legitimate run to Carlos Correa. Uh, oh, I I'm with you on both of best. those things. Go ahead. Keep it going. I, I think I think Carlos Correa is the best shortstop on the market. This guy shows up in the postseason, and the number one reason why I want him, he has a fire. He has a passion that I think the rest of the team can feed off of. 
George, I, I don't know if you noticed this during the series, but the Dodgers, that they seem to have no passion. They seem to have no energy in that dugout. And I think it was missing. The Padres, when they were drawing walks, guys were cheering. They were getting out of the dugout. The Dodgers didn't have that. I think Correa could light that fire. I know it would be a controversial signing because of what happened, you know, five or six years ago. But at some point, you got to just let what happened in the past be in the past. And if he gives you the best chance of winning, I say you got to do it. So Von Freeman, I'm calling Aaron Judge. I'm calling Carlos Correa. And I'm seeing if I can sign both those guys. Because if you're able to bring those two guys into your lineup, that is going to be an <laughs> that's going to be an insane lineup next year. But we'll see. We'll we'll see. But th- th- if I'm in charge, that's the direction I'm going. That that is not only spicy, just the experiment in real time of watching Dodger fans have to wrap their head around rooting for maybe the player they have hated the most of anybody in baseball for the last five years, but knowing what he can do. Like it's, uh, I have friends who are Giants fans, and they talked about what it was like for them to root for Barry Bonds, who is so unlikable but was so great for them. You're you're essentially rooting for a mercenary, and that is not always a, it's not always a fun feeling, but you enjoy when those balls leave the yard, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will say this: for the longest time, Dodgers fans they hated Chase Utley. But if you were to ask 99 out of 100 Dodgers fans what they think of Chase Utley now, they love the guy, and that's because when he put on the Dodger uniform, he was fantastic. So I know the situations are a little, you know, actually vastly different, but. There have been players that have come in that fans have, you know, not been, you know, hugely supportive of. But by the time they leave the Dodgers, uh, they're huge fans because if you produce, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. All right, what do you make before we let you go? How do you think all this stuff shakes out here in these series? Uh, the way it's looking, it's tough to see the Astros losing to the Yankees at this point. I mean, they've yep. just been dominating. So I think the Astros, as of right now, I I believe the Phillies might have the lead over the Padres. Uh, I'm not sure how that game is going right now, but I think the Phillies have some matching going on their end. So I'm going to go with the Phillies. And at the end of the day, it looks like the Astros are just the team to beat. They were the number one team I was worried about all season when it came to the Dodgers. So I think it's Astros-Phillies, and I'm going to go with Astros over the Phillies in the World Series. All right, fair wow. enough. Blake Harris, our uh, Dodger insider, baseball insider here on the show. Follow him on Twitter, at BlakeHarrisTBLA. Subscribe to his Substack. <laughs> Uh, the Blake Harris Substack, and of course, the podcast is Inside the Ravine. All right, pal, thanks for stopping by on a Friday. Uh, we appreciate it as always, and have a great weekend. Hey, no worries, guys. If you want some more uh, controversial movie takes or just talk about some uh, hot movie, movie scenes, we can do that uh, in the off season instead of talking about the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm not subscribing to your movie Substack, Blake. I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no worries there. All right, pal. See ya. There he is. Uh, All right, AK, coming up next, I want to get back into the Lakers a little bit because I mentioned earlier Charles Barkley um, had some strong commentary for the Lakers front office. We'll let you hear what he said. And I do want to touch on – we got some football to get to. It's a whole weekend of football, including a big game for UCLA. That's all coming up this final hour as well. AK's in the house for Cappy. One more hour to go, 710 ESPN.